Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now today's episode again is just me. Um, when you're trying to get guests on from all over the world, um, at times uh, we have to reschedule, things come up last minute, um, so you may have to just deal with my dulcet tones again uh, this week and for that I do apologise. However, um, it's been an interesting week for some um, I'm sure there's a lot of you listening who are absolutely buzzing for the gyms to be open down in England, but then on the absolute flip side of that, you have um, quite sombre news <laughs> for those in Scotland um, that were, you know, there was a passing comment made by Nicola Sturgeon yesterday about uh, the gyms potentially being closed for several more weeks. Um, so when you kind of scroll on Instagram, you do, I mean, well, what I see is um, certainly two different worlds, one where you know, a lot of people are absolutely raging. Uh, the second world where a lot of people are excited. Um, and by all means, for anyone that is in England, make sure that if you are getting the chance to use a facility, whatever you do, just get on that hack squat, that pendulum squat, V-squat, whatever it is, and uh, just give it the fucking beans for everyone here in Scotland. Because uh, we're, you know, we're all dying up here to get into the gyms. Um, I know a lot of my clients are. They're still doing... You know the the dumbbell foam roller hack squats uh, that so many of you done, or they're still sumo deadlifting in their living room, um, in their <laughs> in their flat. So it's uh, you know what it's been a hard um it's been a hard four or five months for everyone. Um, it's just good to see the other the other side of it. But I think with it, with each announcement up here, we we certainly get a little bit more frustrated because there's not a definitive date. Whereas you know the announcement in England was made on the. You know, fifth or sixth of July. That right? Okay, cool. In twenty odd days, you can open. And I think if that was the case up here, um, we would all have a little bit more. Well, we would all be less fucking raging. Um, to put it, <laughs> to put it bluntly. But listen, it is what it is. And what I say to a lot of my clients is that you know you've made it this far. Um, you've not let COVID get in the way of you changing your physique, and that's certainly not going to change anytime soon. So, uh, for those of you up in Scotland continue to to do the do those that are England or maybe perhaps you're you're in Ireland Northern Ireland maybe you're you're far afield I know there's some listeners um in America and Australia um please do take advantage of it for us um and if you do give it the beans on um a set please do tag me in it um, and I will repost it on my story um hopefully that will help pick people up in this in this time period now today's podcast will be all about developing weak body parts or as we like to call them lagging body parts and if you're wondering what that is if you were to, to look at a physique and you're to think wow you know their their quads are really, really good but uh, you know what their glutes their glutes are just a little behind they don't look as, as balanced and we would maybe call that a lagging body part or upper body we would say right you know someone's got um you know well-developed back um nice v taper but they don't have um, well-developed lateral delts. So again, we would call that a lagging body part. Now, there is a few considerations, I think, that we need to address when trying to develop these areas. I think a lot of people think that um, more is better and they will try and just smash to smithereens um, a certain body part and, and perhaps just be frustrated because they're not seeing the response at which they want. So... For, for me, the one thing that will stand above all else will be execution. The second thing I think that stands above all else, that, that would be second in that list, sorry, would be frequency. 
The third thing would be motivation slash intensity. And then the last thing I would look at would be total volume. I mean, when some people come on board, it's, it's, a, it's apparent that they're just not doing enough volume for that specific body part. Um, if you're wondering what I mean by that, then you just have to take into consideration the glutes and the lateral delts in females, uh, two areas that recover very, very quick and what I found over time need a heck of a lot of volume to respond. But I always think that how you train is, is often just as important as how often you train. So, you know, the questions that you've got to be asking yourself is, you know, if you're working in this area that's underdeveloped, and let's, for example, say, you know, let, let's take that lateral deltoid as an example. And if you're sitting there thinking, what the hell is a lateral deltoid? Look at your shoulder. It's split into three parts, to three heads, front, middle, and a, and a rear. I'm talking about the middle one, right? But we call that the lateral delt. Now, let's say you're working a lateral delt. You're doing some sort of... Um, you know, whether it's a dumbbell lateral raise, some sort of machine raise or a cuffed raise, you know, what I want you to think about is, are you consciously trying to contract that muscle as you do it? And this is a question I often will pose to, to clients when they first come on board, or perhaps when we're seeing a muscle group that is just not, like it's just not responding. And I did this with a client, she'll be listening, and she was eight weeks into, eight weeks into the program, and I said to her, I went, look, everything's growing, I says, and this was the example I says, but your delts aren't. I, mean, I need you to send me videos of you doing it. And the first thing straight away, she's doing dumbbell lateral raises, is that, you know, execution was off. The dumbbells were in the front. She was throwing them up. She was shrugging them. There was no control. There was no thought process when she was bringing them down. She was bringing them all the way into her body and coming out with that active range and effectively switching the muscle off. So there was those were things that straight away, I was like, right, let's address this first. Once we've addressed it, let's give it sort of three or four weeks and then let's make a change thereafter. So what I would what I would ask yourself is, you know, at the start of the movement on that, that sort of lateral delt lift, are you turning the muscle on? I feel the word initiation is thrown around in the industry um, quite a lot and people are expected to know what it means. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm someone that's not, you know, having had much education within the realms of physique development, I've got no idea what initiation means. So the terminology I use, and try and keep it simplistic, is just, you know, turn the muscle on at the beginning of the movement. And then as you're, as you're going through the lift, you've got to ask yourself or question yourself, are you trying to recruit every single muscle fibre in that specific area? Now, you might be thinking, well, how do you do that? Well, you have to consciously consciously contract or try to contract send the signal from your brain to the muscle to say squeeze turn it on and at first if you've never done it before at first you're going to be thinking what the fuck how do you do that but i promise you like i've been there before this this was me not too long ago and by not too long i'm gonna say a few years ago i just fucking train you know train hard without any thought process i looked okay i changed a bit but you know what? I just wish I'd implemented these tools so much earlier because the the development I've seen personally, but also with clients since since putting this sort of method in place is um, is really sort of second to none. So what I want you to do is after listening to this episode, you know, go away, go in the gym or in your in your back garden if you're in Scotland, and think about on every single lift that you do. 
from the beginning of the lift to the, the end, you know, or the start, the, the shortened range, the lengthened range, the, the movement itself. Focus on squeezing every single muscle, of, muscle fiber that, of the muscle that does the movement and see if you don't know. Do not be embarrassed to ask. There's no such thing as a stupid question and you shouldn't feel embarrassed to ask if you are unsure what muscle does what movement. Um, but if you are struggling, you can head over to our YouTube channel uh, where we have easy like easy to understand tutorials. There's lots of arrows pointing about, about okay, squeeze this, think about that, move this here, um, and this should really, really help. And that's, that's all up there for free. So go away, try it. Um, what you'll find is if, if it's a, a muscle group like the lateral delt that's not, not well developed, you're going to struggle at first, but honestly after about two three weeks, you're going to notice that as you do the move itself, you're going to experience a burn in that lateral delt like absolute none other. So that there is the number one important thing that as a coach, you know, if you focus on your clients or as a lifter, if you, if you think that something's not developing, focus on how you're training it, not rather than just how often. The second the second one after that is if you're if you're executing everything absolutely fine and you know you're feeling every single muscle fiber is you've got to look at the frequency that you're training that muscle group. Now again th this is going to be so person dependent, right? Everyone's recovery capabilities might be different. Uh, you know it's it's no secret that I'll I'll tell people that you know last year, the year before I was doing seven sets a week for quads and they were my strongest body part and they were getting stronger and someone else might need 12 sets across the week for quads. And that just shows you the differentiation between our genetics as individuals and also a heck of a lot of other factors but I won't go into that. So I think frequency in general can get overlooked because you know we, we can take the old sort of bro split. You know if you're, if you're perhaps training a body part once a week and you're expecting it to grow. Now, if we know that, you know, muscle protein synthesis, or you know, let's just let's just say recovery in general, is it's going to be at a point where after about four to eight uh, to seventy two hours, you're going to be ready to ready to go go again. And if if we're think continuing to think about smaller muscle groups such as that lateral delt, uh, maybe the arms, uh, maybe even the calves, you know, we have the ability to train these smaller muscle groups. A lot more frequently um, than we would do if it was like a, a big muscle group and there's a few reasons behind that but one of the main reasons is you know we can't shift a heck of a lot of mechanical load with these muscle groups so we don't necessarily build up a huge amount of fatigue and perhaps soreness in those areas now if you're thinking but Vaughn I already do you know um, maybe let's say you're a guy and you're doing a couple of leg days a week a push day, a pull day and then maybe like a, a full body day or you're a female and you're thinking Vaughn, I train legs like three times a week and I do upper body twice how how the hell can I train you know, a bit more frequently or I'll say like my, my lateral delts more frequently well, here's a, here's a suggestion for you what you can do and I, and I do this with a lot of my girls um, I'll give you an example for the guys but uh, when it comes to the girls we'll... Um, perhaps put in some lateral delt work at the end of their lower body days. And this could be something as simple as, you know, one heavy mechanical loading set, uh, taking that set to complete failure and trying to get as much load on the bar with perfect execution as we can. As I said bar, I mean machine or, 
or, or whatever. Um, and then perhaps we'll do a couple of lighter high rep sets. And if you're wondering, well, why the hell would you do those lighter sets? And the reason being is that those lighter sets are going to be more focused on what we call metabolic stress. And again, I think that's a word that's thrown about that a lot of people have no fucking clue what it means. So metabolic stress would simply mean that we're doing a high amount of reps, we're not taking much rest, and we're trying to build up a lot of metabolites, such as, I'm sure you've heard lactic acid before, like which is a byproduct of muscle contraction. Now, if we, if we build that up enough in large quantities, the, it will evoke an adaptive response. And if you think wondering what the adaptive response means, it's just it'll evoke a response which will um, cause the muscle to grow. Now, the great thing about metabolic work is that, one, because we're doing such high reps and we're trying to aim for like, perfect execution, we just we can't do a lot of weight. So if mechanical load is down and we're doing more metabolic work, we're not actually eliciting a huge amount of what we would call me like mechanical breakdown, muscle breakdown, but it's just enough to increase the frequency across the week to stimulate that muscle uh, again. So what you can maybe perhaps think about is, let's say, Monday you do lower like lower one at the end you do three sets of your your lateral delt on the Tuesday you go into your upper body day and you do you're doing, doing suppression motions and maybe you do your um, maybe you work your lateral delts as well but then maybe you take the, the day off on the Wednesday you do the same again on the on the Thursday for your lower lower two um, maybe you have the day off on the Friday for your um, your upper body day and you focus more on your back um, and whatnot. And then on the on the Saturday, maybe again when you're doing a leg day or a full body day, uh, that's when you're putting lateral delts again. So straight away, you could see how we went from maybe training them twice a week to four times a week, and two of those two of those occasions are maybe at the end of a lower body day, one which we're doing let's say three sets. So we've increased that frequency six sets across the week. Now, if we're thinking the lateral delt specifically, what I've found with a lot of female clients is I will put roughly 12 to 14 direct sets for that lateral delt um, because, as I've said, it just needs a lot of volume to grow. Now, guys, you're probably saying, right, hurry up, Vaughn, get to the fucking biceps. Totally get you, totally get you, right? Now, the problem, the problem with biceps is that we, we're going to be working them a lot if we're doing a pull like like a pull motions and let's say you're doing a pull day but you're also doing uh maybe again more like a like a full upper day across across the week um you, you might you're maybe thinking well Vaughn I just I'm totally fucked by the time I you know by the time I get to the end of my upper sessions I would say the same thing the same rule applies you know you can put those you can put those sort of bicep tricep exercises at the end of your lower body days. Now, if you do not want them to impact your upper body days, you could easily do something like occlusion training. So that would be, let's say we're doing a bicep curl, like putting a, an occlusion strap, something that's going to restrict blood flow um, at the top of, towards the top of, the top of your arm. Um, and then you'll do maybe perhaps five sets. I'll always do the first set maybe 20 reps, and then the other four sets after will be between 12 to 15. And then in between those those sort of sets, you're going to have to be time restricted. You're going to have about maybe 30 seconds 
Now, the whole concept of occlusion training will be very similar to your metabolic work. However, we are also creating what we call a hypoxic environment and simply an environment where there's not a lot of oxygen. And if you don't know, uh, muscles need oxygen to contract, to then produce energy and produce output. Now, if we're restricting that and we're also doing lots of reps, limited rest, the combination of the lack of oxygen and the buildup of metabolites again will evoke an adaptive response. However, if you've ever done occlusion training, you'll know that you just cannot go heavy. You just simply can't. So personally, um, because my biceps are really fucking shit, every time I'm in the gym, last exercise I do, occluded bicep curls, whether that's maybe low cable curls. Um, I was actually on a preacher, but I don't have access to a preacher right now. Uh, maybe it's, it's sort of dumbbell hammer curls. Um, but that's sort of my seat. Not, that's not a secret, but that, that's how I'm trying to bring up my own my own arms. So there's two examples of of that. Um, if we were to take in consideration, again, for thinking frequency um, in females, uh, you know, if you're doing one leg day a week, you know, please do more if you're if you're looking to grow your glutes. We did a we did a webinar actually on this how to how to make your ass match your sass, uh, and again it's on the YouTube channel. You can go on there and it's up there for free. And uh, I I gave an example in it of how we program for our clients, and and I guess that's no secret either because that's on the website for you to download. But it 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 would be I would say if I was to 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 tally up the amount of total sets for glutes and hamstrings across the week that I'll give a female client, it will be close to maybe 20, 26 sets. But that's including stuff like, you know, the seated adductor, abductor, um, and that could be sort of between four to six sets alone. But they, they are two muscles that work in synergy, so, and they're often you know, two areas that um, females really want to bring up, especially your bikini girls, uh, for any federation really, um, but doesn't need to necessarily be bikini. It's a lot, just a lot of females in general that are getting into physique development or bodybuilding, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's the one area that they want to grow. Now, I'm getting a bit sidetracked here, so I'm going to bring it back. And the third factor I think that you need to look at in developing lag, lagging body parts is, I said at the start of the episode, motivation or intensity. And, you know, it's no... It's no secret that we will work extremely hard on something that requires a lot of physical exertion. So you're straight away, I know you're thinking, Vaughn, you must be speaking about giving it the fucking beans on the hack squat and you know, fucking headbutting your headbutting your head against the wall before the big set or shouting, right? Maybe not maybe not quite maybe not quite as much as that. But if you're anything like me, and if you're listening to this, I know you will be. You know, you're going to go into those sets pumped up. You're going to put yourself in a state that you you're you don't really put yourself in that state at any other point across the day, across the week, uh, because you know it's going to take um, a little bit of testicular fortitude. And ladies, yes, I'm speaking to you as well, to, to hit that PB when you're in the depths of the pendulum, the hack or whatever it is, to get your arse out, out of the bottom of it when you know that you need to get one more rep. Now, it's not quite the same if, you know, to put in that physical exertion 
and put herself in that state on like a like a top set bicep curl or, or a, a top set dumbbell lateral raise. You know, they are muscles in themselves and by all means they'll respond in the same way. But usually, if you were to look at anyone in the gym that's got an amazing physique, amazing physique, like let's say amazing legs, they're probably, they, you look at how they train. They probably go absolute, like 100% on those leg movements. But then look at how they train upper body or they, how they train that, those smaller muscle groups. It might be a little bit different. And I think, like, even me, it, it's, it's all too easy to slack off. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I slacked off for years. It's why I've got shit arms. It's why when I do, like, when I step on stage, I do do my posing. The one thing that I scrutinise, and you have to as a, as a competitor, if you want to get better, is, is my biceps. And I'm like, man, if my biceps, you know, if I trained them, and I trained them, properly and hard enough um, years ago that front double um, would just look you know completely different so I just feel that we we must endeavor to train those weaker areas just as strong as we train the bigger ones and you know if you combine the the two things we've already spoke about if you combine you know you're increasing the frequency in which you do it you're executing it superbly, you're already going to see a response from that. But then you add in training it a little bit harder, fuck me, man. You're like, you're straight away, you're going to notice a massive increase in the size, the shape. Also, you should notice a huge change in your logbook as well. But it's finding that connection with reasonings why, you know, why you're training it. If I, if I was to think back to 2017, uh, for those of you who don't know, I competed in men's physique. And after it, I said to myself, I am never going to step on stage again. Uh, God, what a lie that was, looking back. But because I said that, I was like, right, I'm only, I'm only going to train things I, I really enjoy. And at the time, I really didn't like training arms. I had no reason to connect like why I'm, I'm going to do it, so I didn't. And for about a year after I competed, I did not do really any specific arm work. Maybe, like, I could count a handful of times that I would do some biceps or triceps at the end of a set. But that was a period of time as well where I was, I was doing one-to-one and I was more trying to, like, fit my session in in between clients. And, you know, I just prioritised the bigger muscle groups. And when I look back and I think of the size that I've added, you know, I don't think it was a bad thing because I needed to get thicker overall. Um, and, and it happened. So I guess the, the last one that I would look at in all the, those factors would be volume. And again, I think we throw, like as fitness professionals, we throw the word volume around and we expect um, people, you know, our clients to, to know what, what that, that means. And, you know, if we were to break it down, plain and simple, is let's take one exercise. Again, let's just take like a bicep curl. If you were to be, like, look at the weight that you're doing, let's say it's 10 kilograms, uh, just just as an example, um, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, Vaughn, yeah, you probably fucking, you probably actually curl 10 kilos because you fucking got wee biceps. I know, I know, I know you're thinking that, but hear me out. So you've got 10 kilograms, you do 10 reps, times 10 kilograms by 10, what do you get? 100 kilograms. Let's say you do three sets and it's all the same. There's 300 kilograms. That's the total volume for that exercise. 
Pretty simple, right? Well, if I'm honest, is that what I do? No, that's not what I do. I just simply focus on, right, am I progressively getting stronger on every single lift that I do within a certain rep range, and then when I get up to that top part of the, the rep range, is like, you know, I, I then move the weight up. So then I know without even doing that calculation, if, let's say I've not worked it out, but after a couple of months, I'm doing 20 kilos, and I'm doing that for 10 reps. Well, you do the math, and you do it over three sets, and you'll be given a number that is greater than the number I just told you. So then straight away, that total volume is the same. So if you really want to scrutinize, you know, your, your execution's fine. You think your frequency across the week's fine. Your motivation's fine. Have a look at your, your total volume across the week. And I guess you could kind of incorporate volume in with frequency, couldn't you? Because if you were only doing, say, upper body twice a week, and you think, right, I need to, you know, I want to go my lateral delts. Um, you start to, you know, that method that I showed you, uh, the method that I told you about, uh, that you add it in on those lower body days, then instantly you're going to get a, an increase in, in volume. And, I mean, lagging body parts in general, I, I'm, I'm giving you generic guidelines here it has to be person dependent one person's quads will respond completely different from another person's quads how someone should be doing a hack squat versus how person b should be doing a hack squat might be completely different right person a's willingness to to take it balls to the wall versus person b again might be different the motivation might be different etc etc so i guess in summary with lagging body parts we, we need to focus on how you're training it how frequently you're training it how hard you're training it and then across all those just the total volume across the week now again going back to that example of you're doing upper body twice a day females maybe maybe in those sessions i often find when females come on board I look at the program that they've been doing and they've maybe only got three sets for that lateral head on the deltoid and if you straight away up it to 12 to 14 huge response you might need you might not need to do that straight away but do not forget about the front part portion of your shoulder and the rear portion of your shoulder females you're gonna to have to do a lot of pressing a lot of variations to just bring up your delts in general but as will guys, and what I'm finding is with myself, I'm six foot four, um, and other sort of taller guys, if we're looking at bicep work in specifics because a lot of biceps are lagging, um, when we've got such long arms, you need, you're gonna have to do a, a lot of volume across the week, but also I think maybe I should emphasize that you just have to be patient. You know, without patience in anything, you're never gonna achieve or get anywhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope that that helps and when this goes live um, it will be one day till the gyms open in England they're already open in uh, Northern Ireland and Ireland uh, fuck, they're open all across Europe and all, pretty much all over the world apart from Scotland and I know there's reasons behind it and I will I'll, I'll not sit here and complain because I have 
I have the um, the access to, to train in, a, in this facility and something I'm hugely grateful for. But, you know, I feel for my clients, the ones that are, you know, they're in the back garden, giving it fucking everything they've got, using the council bins as a squat stance. Uh, God, there's been a few broken council bins. Uh, I'm glad that I've not received the bill, uh, but there's been <laughs> there's been a lot of messages saying oh, my mum's raging because I've because I've broken the council bin. Um, but what I would like you to do is if you are um, getting ready for the gym's opening or you're waiting for when whenever they do, we have a free five day video email series on the website that is absolutely free free to to download. Um, it's called the physique formula and what it will do is it will teach you it'll teach you things like the key components that you've not thought about to fuel your physique like valuable nutritional principles training essentials recovery fundamentals you know how to ensure that your that that effort that you put in doesn't go to waste and why the little things matter not o- not only that but so much more talking about overcoming plateaus um and it's it's yeah if, if you're used to my dulcet tones on this podcast, I'm sure you'll be used to the dulcet tones on there. But if you head over to the website, um, it, it's in the free downloads drop-down bar, drop down menu in the site itself. Um, you just got to fill in your name, your email address, hit submit, um, and you'll start receiving emails one a day for the next five days. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you like the physique formula, please do let me know. Uh, if you are going in um, to the gyms this, this Saturday... Um, please do give it the beans on a set, put it on your Instagram, tag me in it, tag hashtag give it the beans, um, and I'd really love to see, I'd love to see everyone going for it. So that's it for me, guys. Um, hopefully next week we'll have some more guests on the podcast. It's a, it's a tough one when you've in, when you've already interviewed so many people, um, and I got a long list of people that uh, I would like to to interview. I'd like to discuss a range of topics but um, hey we're now on episode 53 uh, we're almost I think this is almost nine or ten months of doing the podcast and uh, the response that uh, I've had from it has been it's been amazing and I think that at times I don't stop to to sit and sort of realize um, how, how well the podcast done or how well business and done and whatnot so if you are sitting out there listening um, it doesn't matter who you are whatever you are uh, I just want to say, you know, for myself and the brand, thank you for always tuning in. Um, if you, if you find this, you know, if you find this podcast valuable, um, all I ask is that you share it with someone else so they can get just as much value in the in their own journey and they develop their physique in, in a manner at which helps them achieve. You know, I'll say what we say is we want to help you achieve an elite physique, um, and that's certainly what we're all about. So, I hope that you are well wherever you are, whatever you do. Give it the beans.